Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning. This is Andy Blakely. I'm an Army veteran from Lansing, Michigan. Psalm 128 Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. Ezekiel 36, 22-32 Therefore say to the Israelites, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave to your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced of your conduct, people of Israel. From the Gospel according to John, chapter 7, verses 53 to chapter 8, verse 11. Then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. 
At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. Good morning and welcome to the first Wednesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's co-host is Andy Blakely, reading from Psalm 128. Ezekiel 36, and then finally the Gospel of John. This morning's readings, um, the first, uh, the Ezekiel reading is noteworthy because the the passage about turning, taking out our hearts of stone and replacing them with hearts of flesh. And then the woman caught in adultery is a pretty well-known episode in John's Gospel. And in the NRSV, at least, it's, surrounded by brackets, which makes me think that it isn't in all the ancient manuscripts, but I could be wrong. Um, and the the woman in adultery scene is noteworthy for military because it's sometimes kind of brought into debates about violence and pacifism um, that, uh, you know, he doesn't... Uh, the When Jesus actually is being baptized and soldiers ask... Jesus or, or um, John, well, what should we do? John's silent on this, on whether or not they should stop doing violence or serving the military. Um, and in John's gospel here, he does say quite clearly, like, stop sinning. And so to using this passage kind of against the one in Luke, Luke 3, where uh, John is baptizing Jesus, like to say, look, you know, military service is not a sin, because he would say it, he would tell them to stop, and that's that's just fine. I don't think military service is a sin either, but um, the uh, the to that's too often used to justify the the violent organized violence that the military service and the uh, uh, you know conducts as well, which I'm not sure that we can use that argument from silence to to do that, um, but. The what stood out to me, I love the hearts of flesh and hearts of stone part from Ezekiel. Um, but what stood out to me was actually the opening line, and that's it occurs frequently. But in Ezekiel, the NRSV has it. Um, that therefore say to the house of Israel, this says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned. Um, and not necessarily having to do with profanity, it makes me think of John 9. John 9 is the story of this uh, boy, actually maybe a man, I can't remember, um, who's born blind. And the Pharisees and and the the religious leaders all are convinced that it's because his parents had sinned that he was born blind. And there's this kind of back and forth between the parents and the son. um, But what Jesus ultimately says to the son who's born blind he says uh, it isn't because you've done anything wrong Um, it's so that God's glory may shine forth through you and through what I'm about to do to you and heals the boy's blindness and this idea that this 
suffering or this trauma can be um, can not indicate, or it's possible that it does not indicate um, the you know the presence of sin, um, but that suffering can be explicitly used for the glory of God um, is something that makes me think of uh, like combat trauma. Um, and it isn't necessarily anything. It, it isn't a question of, or immediately isn't a question of guilt so much as it is um, God using soldiers to show forth his glory. Um, th- uh, the, um, the guilt that some soldiers carry, soldiers and veterans carry, um, can be quite debilitating. I mean, we know the suicide rate is just astronomical. Um, and it seems to me that uh, the, this idea that um, the things that God does or the things that we endure are not necessarily uh, the outflowing of some sin or something done wrong, but simply that these things are happening so that God can later use them to God's own glory. Um, and I think that's what it means to be an instrument of God. Um, I was thinking recently about St. Francis's, or the, the peace prayer that's attributed to St. Francis. Um, being God's instrument um, means precisely that, that, that not everything that happens is necessarily uh, a result of your actions. And I think that can be a, a kind of a, a small kind of indication of hope or, or kind of um, some avenue for reinterpreting what it is that is going on in our lives to take that burden um, off of our shoulders just a little bit. Um, to get us out of that cycle of thinking that everything that happens is my fault, um, and which I, th- I think we can do when we are depressed and when we're um, in the valleys, is to just kind of take on all of that and think that one thing after another after another, um, that these things, I've done something to earn these things or, or bring these upon myself. Um, and God, um, God flips that. And God says in, in several places, I think John 9 is just kind of the most poignant one. Um, God says, no, these things happen because these things are going to bring about my glory. Um, and that uh, we have this, <laughs> I think I've said it before, in, in America we have this deep aversion to conflict. And we have this aversion to um, emotions and experiences that are positive. Um, I think the self-help culture like came out of America, but that's another thing. Um, in in the rest of the world, like, and I think how we uh, experience our lives, it, it it includes suffering. Like that that's okay. We don't have to run from that. We can actually use it to improve ourselves. Romans five talks about um, that, you know, and, and suffering brings perseverance. Perseverance brings endurance. Endurance brings character. Da 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 da. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that that line stuck out to me um, about uh, we can't always trust our instinct about whether or not we're culpable in something. Sometimes things just happen to us, and sometimes those things are not our fault, and sometimes God uses those things to glorify God and to um, build uh, his kingdom. And so hopefully that's a voice of, or a, a, a 
hopefully that gives us reason to hope that all these things that we've accumulated in our lives that we wish we hadn't, um, hopefully that might lift uh, the weight of that burden just a little bit. conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.